What's up, everybody? This is Sydney, and you're listening to Friendly Fire. Welcome back to Friendly Fire. Y'all know me, Sydney, and my co-host, Demarcus. Yes, um, everybody, how are y'all? Um, I'm glad to be a part of the show again. Uh, so I have been on here as a guest before, but um, I was honored to uh, be asked to co-host this show uh, with Sydney. So uh, I look forward to um, doing the show and hopefully bring y'all a lot of uh, a lot of good info and good laughs and try to have some fun. Uh, so. Yeah, let's get it. Let's kick it off. Absolutely. Um, last week, we before the season started, of course, we dove in with our postseason predictions and our Super Bowl matchups um, and our Super Bowl winners. We predicted. Uh, so I want to give you that opportunity to give everybody your predictions. Um. So. I'm not going to go uh, too far off the beaten path in the AFC. Uh, I guess we'll start with, with who I think is going to make the playoffs. So uh, it's pretty chalk. Um, you've got, uh, for me, uh, AFC East winner. I think the Patriots are still um, the best team in that conference. Um, but uh, then I also think that the Bills um, sneak their way in uh, maybe is that seventh, that final wild card team. Um, so that's what I got in the AFC East and the AFC North. Um, I still do not think the Browns are for real. I don't think Baker Mayfield's for real. I don't think that defense is for real. Um, I think that I was probably one of the loudest people last year saying the Browns aren't going to do anything because they're the Browns. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, we kind of seeing it right, and it, it might play out uh, different. But right now, at the time we recording this podcast episode, uh, the Browns, just like the Clippers, gonna clip. The Browns gonna brown. So, um, <laughs> you know, I, I just I don't think that uh, they have enough talent on that roster to get over the fact that they are the Browns. Um, and so, and obviously. Um, Cincinnati looked exciting yesterday a little bit. Um, Joe Burrow looked like he, he could be, you know, an NFL quarterback for sure. Um, but I don't think that this is, this year is not the year. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's in that division, obviously the Ravens, but I also think the Steelers um, in this kind of format, um, I think this fits them just incredibly well. Uh so uh, I'll take the Ravens and the Steelers out of the North, out of the South. Um, I think the Colts have done, uh, the Colts have done a great job of just somehow being able to continue to be pretty good on offense, uh, pretty good on defense. I think that that, um, you know, they're always kind of in that conversation to be in the playoffs, even, you know, when they don't make it. So again, I think, you know, with an expanded playoff setting that plays well uh, for the Colts and just with the AFC, I think being weaker than it has been in a while. Um, and that division, that division hasn't been strong in a long time. And, um, and we all, when we go year, we go into each year thinking the Texans are going to be better than what they 
are ever really going to be. It seems like. Yeah, I'm tired of I'm tired of them. Uh, I don't have them making the playoffs this year. By the way, um, I think that their offseason uh, just was horrible. Yeah, uh, they they had for me uh, one of the worst offseason grades um, in terms of what they did, uh, especially getting rid of DeAndre Hopkins. Um, you have an elite. Uh, seemingly elite level quarterback right now, and you get rid of his top target. I just didn't understand that. Um, <clears throat> but so I don't have the Texans making it, and the Jaguars. I think they are at this point uh, doing everything they can to not win any football games. <laughs> so because they they ended up winning Sunday, didn't they? <laughs> oh. <laughs> They going they hurt themselves already in their regard. Yeah, they they are they are struggling uh in their tanking for uh in their tanking for Trevor. Uh and they're not doing a they're not good, doing a great job right now. Uh but and they actually beat um one of my playoff teams, which is the Colts. Um so uh, I don't think that that is going to be something that continues to look like that over the course of the season. Um, so I do have out of that division, the Titans winning the division um, and the Colts also making it in as a playoff team. Um, and then uh, the AFC West, um, I've got the Chiefs coming out of there and uh that that is uh that is it. Uh, <laughs> so um and I, I do think that uh in terms of who wins the whole thing, I think it will be the Chiefs. Uh, that team just has so much firepower coming back and then adding Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who looks like, you know, he might end up being still at a draft um in terms of um just being a great fit and being able to contribute immediately to a team. Um, he looks phenomenal. So um, I think that that team is, you know, still just as scary as they were last year. Um, if not more so uh, given the fact that uh, Tom Brady is out of the conference. Um, so I think they, uh, I think they, they win the the conference and they win it pretty easily, barring any major in, injury. So um, when it comes to the AFC, we we had some things that differed, but the result is the same for both of us. We both got Kansas City uh, winning the conference, and really, when you look at it, it's only one team that could really challenge them, and that's Baltimore. Um. But yeah, I, I I wasn't, and I'm still not at this point, sold on Edwards Hilaire, but his first game was a, a good showing. And if they're going to get that out of him, then once again, that's just adding more firepower to an offense who has the most in the league. Right. Um, <clears throat> so um, the next team... Uh, I mean, the, well, the next thing I guess I want to talk about is the NFC. Uh, and so we'll go with uh, the division that I think um, is the weakest, 
being the NFC East. Yeah. Uh, I think that 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 division obviously just has some holes. You know, the Cowboys, you talk about the Cowboys every year. Uh, The Eagles are obviously there. Um, But I just, nobody looks impressive. Um, The Eagles, you know, as much as we would like to believe them to be good, I mean, I don't think that the Washington football team is very good. And they, uh, the Eagles lost that game pretty handily. Uh, And so I am absolutely um, interested to see what happens at that division. I do think that the Eagles uh, take that division. And I also think that just on the strength of um, their defense tends to kind of always figure it out. Um, and, and they they are always kind of right in the thick of things. I think the Cowboys, uh, again, with the 17 playoff, are, are able to make it in there. Um, in terms of the NFC North, um, I think the only thing that comes out of there is the Packers. And the only reason that I would say that, uh, I, I, I had the Vikings in there early, but um, – the Vikings, um, the unfortunate thing about the NFC North is I do think top to bottom, they are tougher than the NFC East. And so you're not going to have like those kind of those freebie games. Uh, You're not going to have really any easy games on that schedule. So I do think um, only the Packers come out of that division. Um, And then NFC South, I think uh, the Saints and the Bucks. Uh, both come out of there. The Bucks added a lot of offensive power, firepower. Uh, we did see it on display in flashes a little bit uh, in that Saints game in terms of, like, we saw the potential on the field. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about the, you know, the aesthetics of the game and what that looked like later because I don't, uh, you know, think that the that either offense looked particularly impressive. And then you look at the end of the game and they put up a combined like 60 points and so (laughs) um you know no matter how it looks you know those offenses uh I think at the end of the day are going to get the job done and so I think in the NFC South uh the Saints and the Bucks uh come out of there it'd be it will be interesting to see how well Teddy Bridgewater plays in uh Carolina um you know the Falcons always seem to be the thing about the Falcons always see, don't they always seem to be kind of a player away? Like, it's always just like, man, if they could just get this one thing, if they get this one thing, and they never seem to get the one thing. So, I, yeah, I think the just the just the Saints and the Bucks there, and then the NFC West, I believe to be the best division in football. Uh, I think the worst team in that division, the Cardinals, uh, are actually going to surprise a lot of people this year. I don't think they make the playoffs um, just because of how stacked the NFC is. But I do think that um, that team is going to be uh, a very kind of surprising team, uh, maybe even like an 8-8. Eight and eight. If you got an 8-8 eight and eight team at the bottom of your division, that's a pretty tough division, even if the bottom team of your division is a 7-9 and nine team. That's a pretty tough division. So um, I do think that uh, the Rams end up being the odd man out um, there. I think uh, San Francisco uh, riding on some momentum from last year and 
Um, just that defense is just really, really good. Um, still, and and that offense, uh, you know, seems to just be pretty efficient. They weren't on Sunday, but usually, you know, they're pretty efficient. And so, uh, I I, I have San Francisco. Uh, making the playoffs, but I do have Seattle winning the division. I think um, the addition of Jamal Adams uh, in the secondary, um, I think uh, obviously Russell Wilson uh, getting some more time uh, with his receivers and uh, they just, they look a lot, they looked a lot better on offense uh, this weekend. Um, And so I think, uh, the Seahawks win. If I did have to choose an NFC champion, um, I'm going to pick the Saints. Um, I know that there is some bias there. Uh, I'm not blind to my fan loyalty. Um, But I do think that uh, the Saints just kind of have returned the best team. They have just kind of the most uh, consistency. They did make some offense, uh, some offseason moves. and shored up that secondary, bringing Malcolm Jenkins back um, was a, a steal. And also another Jenkins, Janoris Jenkins, um, came out. And now you actually have a corner across from uh, Marshawn Lattimore who's not getting abused. Exactly. Even by good receivers. Like he's holding his own against good receivers. Um, and, you know, the other corners you know, sliding down into slot and covering like those, uh, a team's third or fourth receiver, that's fine. But, you know, we didn't have a corner that could cover that second guy. Um, and so now having a corner that can cover that second guy, Marcus Williams looked a lot better in coverage. Uh, he looks like he's progressing. Um, and so I just, I think that defense um, is a lot better than it was last year. Uh, they didn't lose a lot of pieces and they added some good pieces. Um, and then on offense, um, adding Emmanuel Sanders, um, giving Drew Brees another weapon, um, and just a, a dis- something to something to kind of distract away from Michael Thomas. Yeah. Um, uh, that will help. I would still love to see them get another receiver, uh, another kind of receiving option that's not uh, coming out of the backfield. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, but. You know that that I think that team is just still uh, the best team in the NFC, and so I do think that they win. But if I uh, if I have to pick a team that's not the Saints, um, because I am biased, uh, I would say uh, Seattle. I think uh, comes out of uh, the NFC, um, and then uh, in the Super Bowl, I, so I, in the, my Super Bowl matchup, uh, Kansas City and New Orleans, um, I do think that Kansas City is a, a decent amount better than New Orleans. Um, but I also, um, as much as I believe in, in Patrick Holmes and Andy Reid, who I love, I've loved Andy Reid for a long time. Um, I do think that ultimately uh, it comes down to uh, coaching and experience kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that Mahomes um, at times under pressure when plays break down at times, I mean, he does make some kind of creative plays, but that is not his, uh, his, the best part of his game. 
Um, and so I think if you make Mahomes make like really good throws and not give him those, because a, a lot of a lot of what he does is set up by that offense and the receivers being so good, they always have separation. And so if you can, you know, kind of kind of stop that a little bit or slow that down, which I do think the Saints have the defense to do, then I think you can beat that team. Um, so uh, right now, uh, I'm going to say Saints uh, finally uh, get over the hump, get to the Super Bowl, and when they get there, they win it. Um, hopefully they're not putting themselves in a position to have a ridiculous uh, stroke of luck in the last 60 seconds of a football game again um, for the third year in a row. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think if they can get there, I think the Saints do um, have enough of a chip on their shoulder, too, to go in and, and win uh, from, the, you know, from these last two two years. So, yeah, so once again, we, we differed a little on the road, but we got to the same destination. Um, I don't trust Philly just because this is another year that they get into the season and they're dealing with injuries and positions that they can't afford to be dealing with injuries. They lost two offensive linemen before even lining up to take a snap. Um, and, yeah, that's – that's you, you can't – and you already worried about Carson Wentz. So to have the people that's supposed to be blocking for him going down this early in the season, that's not going to fare well for him. Um, and I don't have Green Bay making the playoffs. Um, Interesting. I feel like that division is – I'm not going to – I'm not <laughs> – like I said, I agree with you that at this point the NFC West is the best division in football. Um, and like you say, the NFC North, I do think they're – I think they're a good deal better than the East, but those teams are closer than people may realize, I feel like. Yep. Um, the the case can always be made for Green Bay because they have the best quarterback amongst them. Yes. Um, but Minnesota, to me, has the best team top to bottom. Um, oh, go ahead. Yeah, they, Minnesota does have a great team. And, but uh, I think uh, at the end of the day, I think quarterback play, you know, you, you said they have the best quarterback in that division. I would go so far as to say, I still, from, from a talent perspective, a pure talent perspective, like give me Mahomes cause he's younger. Um, but I, I still do not think that there even has been a better, a more talented quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. Um, and I think that he still now is is up there. I just he does not have the receivers though. He doesn't. He does yeah. not have a supporting cast. Um, so it's gonna be how much Rodgers can Aaron, how much magic can Aaron Rodgers make? And uh, but we've seen him make a lot, quite a lot in the past. So. Yeah, and that's what it comes down to. How much magic do you trust him to make at this point in his career? Because you see what Tom Brady was able to do last year with. Less than what Aaron Rodgers has to work with, because at least Aaron Rodgers has the true number one receiver on his side. Yeah. But outside of that, how much is he going to get from all these other guys? I look at Detroit, and I think Detroit has the best offense in that division. Um, so I so then so I'm looking at it. And I'm saying, dang, Minnesota has the best team top to bottom, and then I think Detroit has the best offense, 
and their defense is steadily improving. And, and then they the, have the to, Bears have the best defense. And, I and think the Bears have the best defense. And then so all of these teams are playing each other uh, six times, you know. Yeah, and that's why I only have one team making it from that division because I think they cannibalize each other. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I do think that the worst team in that division is probably as good, if not better, than the best team in the NFC East. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I you you could say you could say I guess you could say the Lions are not better than the Lions are probably not better than the Cowboys or Eagles, but the the Bears, the Packers, and the Vikings I think are all better than both of those teams. Oh, so you think the Lions is the worst team in this division? I do. I do. Okay. Um, like I say, I don't I don't feel like too much separates these teams in general. I think that the glaring hole at quarterback in Chicago is um is more concerning and and, and makes them a worse team than any deficiency you may see in Detroit's roster. Yeah, I mean that is that's probably there is something to that. And then, I mean, you definitely have some unrest with Allen Robinson now demanding a trade. And so they're going to probably lose another piece on offense, but uh, Mitch Trubisky didn't look terrible um, yesterday against the Lions. And I had him last week and I said, it seems like I'm the only person willing to give any faith to Trubisky progressing any at this point. It seems like everybody has already come to the conclusion that, look, he's not going to get any better than what he's already been. And I don't feel like too many people outside of me believe that he can progress any at this point. I I think there's such a big, it's such a big issue in the NFL now um, with all these quarterbacks coming into uh, coming into the NFL and we're expecting them to come in, start right away, be good right away. And if you haven't proven yourself in the first two to three years, then you can't be an NFL quarterback. And I think that that is just, it's kind of absurd, right? You don't give these young quarterbacks time to develop, time to learn the NFL game, time to adjust to the speed. Um, time to adjust to the size of the playbooks. Um, you know, you hear players talk about going from a college playbook, you know, where, you know, they're having to memorize, you know, two to three play sheets and then going to the NFL and they're having to memorize a, a 200 page book. You know? <laughs> and um, and then also be able to apply it on the field live and like be able to read coverages and defenses and um understand how teams are playing you and so I I do think that we have to give if we are indeed going to keep going down this path of hey this young quarterback is more talented and therefore I'm just going to throw him in the game even though he is not ready for the NFL game like mentally there Uh, if we're going to keep doing that then I do think that we need to give ourselves a little bit more time but it's so hard when there's always a shiny new quarterback coming out. Like it, because next it's, uh, you know, last year they was tanking for Tua. Now they tanking for Trevor. It's always tanking for somebody. Right. 
And very few of these guys actually pan out. And I don't think it's because of a talent thing. I think it is because uh, there has been the pressure on quarterbacks and the pressure on coaches uh, is absurd right now. Uh, Only one team can win the Super Bowl every year. And you cannot expect, uh, you cannot expect, these you can't put these very high levels of expectation on these young quarterbacks as soon as they get in the league um and these coaches as soon as they take over a team um so uh you know i do think travisky uh can get better so i am in the camp with you um he does definitely have the raw talent but i just think that that situation there has kind of become somewhat toxic and so um, that's going to be a thing to watch. That's actually why I think that that's, I think the Bears' um, biggest detriment is how toxic the situation there seems to be. Yeah, that's insane that these coaches are getting hired and these, these coaches are getting hired basically with the expectation of, look, you got two years, you got three max, you got to make something happen. And if you don't, we, Regardless of what we owe you at that point, we we got to move on from you. It's time to it's time to jump on a new thing. Yeah. Um, and like you say, you have these these quarterbacks that have been the exception, not the rule. And Patrick Mahomes or um, Lamar Jackson and other quarterbacks like that. And everybody expects to be able to go out there and get one instead of doing what needs to be done and putting in the work with a quarterback for three to four years before they're going to actually become um, the actual product that you've invested in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So, yeah, but I think uh, that's really all I got in terms of prediction. Um, So you want to talk about what went on this weekend? Uh, Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah, you want to you want to stay here on the NFL? Yeah, let's go ahead and, and talk about this week one. Week one. Okay, week one. Um, so what were your, what was the team that surprised you the most? Week one. Team that surprised me the most. Week one. Mm. I guess I'll go with Washington. I'll go with Washington. Okay. Um, didn't – you look at the team, at their roster, and you say, look, okay, they got a solid defense. You got questions about Dwayne Haskins and the talent around him as in his running backs and his receivers. So when I see them, what they went down, 17 nothing. Yep. To Philadelphia, I figured that was it. I figured, look, there's, look that's it. You know, they, they've lost this day. They're not coming back from this type of deficit. They just not their type of team. Um, so to see them be able to outscore them in the second half, 27 to nothing, and for Dwayne Haskins to not only be performing solid on the field, but actually being a leader and a voice that those other guys really were able to rally around and get behind in order to, to pull off something like that, makes me believe that they may they may be a team that'll end up being better than people think. Not not playoff, not a playoff team, but 
a, a seven and nine team uh, that's actually showing growth and potential because they're, they're filled with young guys um, in every position. Um, so if they just show any type of growth, then they get better under Ron Rivera and what he wants to do on defense. Um, yeah, that, that they shocked me. They shocked me for sure. Um, for me, it was the Cardinals. Um, the Cardinals come in here and play, um, play the 49ers and beat the 49ers, right? Um, the thing that I, that I worry about with them, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, obviously a steal. Anytime you can get a player of that caliber, whatever you got to give up to get them. Like, I don't even remember what they traded for. Honestly. Like, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and, and I was, I'm being facetious because yes, David Johnson, um, superstar running back, right? Was one. Uh, air, air quotes. Uh, was once a superstar running back for sure. I don't think that he is that now. Um, again, uh, Houston, what are you doing? Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we, yeah, we're not even going to touch on what went into that. So, yeah, uh, but you know, the problem is you, you look at the game and Kyler Murray has, I think, 230 yards passing and 151 of them are <laughs> to DeAndre Hopkins. Um, you know, and then I think the next highest is Larry Fitzgerald with 35 yards or 34 yards. Yeah. And so if teams start to key in on Larry, I mean, on uh, DeAndre Hopkins, then do you have enough additional um, weapons or is Kyler Murray going to be able to get the ball to other people? Or was it just, hey, I got a shiny new toy and so I'm going to use it? Um <laughs> So I, I'm I'm a little bit concerned about that, but I did. I love the way that their defense played. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we know this about Kyler Murray, but, I mean, 230 yards through the air, but 91 yards on the ground, too. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that's going to be, a, again, a team to worry about, at least. Uh, they're they're going to be a hard – it's going to be a hard time playing that team. You're not going to have fun playing that team. Um. Yeah, and that defense we saw that defense last year was a really good defense, and and they seem to be, they seem that they're going to be that again this year. I think I think that Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk are formidable receivers on the opposite side of uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I think it comes more down to is Kyler Murray going to be able to find those guys and get the ball to those guys more so than are they are they good enough to be out there and make plays for him? So, um, like I said, we're going to see if, if he, if, you know, if that's going to develop maybe week one, he just really wanted to try to get DeAndre Hopkins involved or just knowing, look, this is, this is the most for sure thing I have out here, but he can't, he can't just look his way for 16 games. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Was there any game that you genuinely like enjoyed? Like you sat there and watched it and just could not pull away from this weekend? No. Cause Definitely. I didn't, I, I didn't, there was not a single game 
that at some point I did not get completely bored out of my mind. By it. <laughs> yeah, that definitely wasn't wasn't one of those. There were a few games that absolutely had their moments of peak intrigue. Oh yes. man, I gotta! But then that that quickly went away. <laughs> um, especially once we got down to the like, even the games that ended up coming down to the last minutes were. Chargers, Bengals, uh, Colts, Jaguars, the teams that I'm not really that interested in in seeing how this ends or how this plays out. Raiders, Panthers were the same way. Um, So there wasn't any game that was just, man, I can't can't take my eyes away from this this week. But it was week one. Um, And the biggest thing for me is football. You know, yeah, <laughs> and that, well, it, it was it was week one, and then you didn't have a preseason. Yeah, and and so I, I do think that teams are going to look a little bit like this for a couple of weeks. Yeah, um, you know, you can't simulate NFL game speed, um, according to what they say. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, but but we have seen, um. I think it just uh, it was it, it seemed a lot of the play seemed a little sloppy. It seemed kind of weird watching um, the games with no fans. Um, like you know, you look at that Saints Bucks game, and that is with the acquisition of Tom Brady and all the other uh, pieces that they acquired. You're talking about a Week One matchup that everybody's like, "Oh my god!" And you know, the Superdome would have been rocking for that. Yes. Right. And then you got to get out there and watch them throw all these screen passes and there's no noise. It's just screen, 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 whistle, 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 chatter from the players and announcers. And there's yeah. no like electricity. There's no excitement. It's just it's it is not something that I know. I, I feel like I'm going to be able to get used to anytime soon. Um in basketball, it hasn't been as bad. Yeah. And maybe it's because, you know, smaller arena, they got the fans virtually. Uh, they're pumping in a little bit of crowd noise. They're, like, they're letting the fans make noise on the Zooms. You know, they do have family there now. Yeah. Um, you know, and, uh, and even like the teams on the bench making noise and cheering in a basketball gym can sound a lot louder. Yeah. Uh, and and so you still kind of get that electric feeling when you're watching it on TV, right? Uh, I don't think you had that with the NFL, but I also think a lot of that has to do with this week one. There's no stakes right now. Yeah, um, because with me watching it, it, it didn't really, it didn't really seem too off to me. I feel like the I know Fox and CBS, they were able to pump in some some crowd noise uh, through their broadcast. And honestly, that that was enough for me. And like you say, maybe it was because it was week one and it was just, it was enough for me just to have football back on my TV. But it it didn't it didn't it didn't seem too off for me this week. And, and that and that was refreshing to me, too. Been, not being like, man, this this is horrible, you know. 
Yeah, I, I think I've just kind of reached a point where I am past the yay, it's football. Like, no, I yeah. want to watch good football. Um, I've been kind of spoiled being, you know, being a, being a Saints fan, being able to watch that offense be really good and do creative things, which I didn't feel like they did a whole lot of in that Bucks game. Um, you know, and then, you know, we've gotten to watch um, – you know, like my one of the first teams that I ever really got to watch and was cognizant of what the hell was going on across football was uh, St. Louis Rams, greatest show on turf. Yeah. And, you know, like, and that and that was cool. So, I, I mean, I just, I, I love to watch good football. I don't, I'm not a, I, I'm not just so much of a football fan that, I don't care what it is on the field. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm not going to do that. And a lot of people say that they will, but you ain't going to do it uh, because, you know, you wasn't sitting there up watching Army uh, Eastern Tennessee or whoever the hell they was playing. So, like, (laughs) football, you know, football is not just football. Uh, Army BYU got postponed. That was what I was going to say, but the game got postponed. But you wouldn't have watched it anyway. Oh. Um, <laughs> you know? Um, that could have been the biggest difference for you. It could have been that most of the football wasn't good football. Yeah. And, and maybe that uh, that gives me a little bit more pause when I'm looking at the crowd. Now I'm looking at, like, the football is bad, so now I'm looking at everything else, and I'm like, yo, now because sometimes the crowd noise and like the environment can cover up for the uh-huh. lack of excitement on the field. Yeah. Right? Because fans, when you're there you and you're just rooting for your team to win, everything that contributes to your team winning, whether it's good or bad, is a moment that you can cheer for. And like here, you just, you know, you watch, you watch a quarterback just sail a ball 55 yards over a wide receiver's head and it's like nothing happens. Nobody says anything. It's just we just go back to the line and do it again. Feels like I'm watching practice. It feels yeah. like I'm watching an open practice. Yeah. Open scrimmages. And I, I'm I'm I don't know that I'm here for it. I mean I'ma still watch because I'm doing this show with you now. But um <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's at this point it's a glorified eleven on eleven. Is is what it is. So as the season goes and the stakes get higher, then the more intense it'll be. And who knows, in a few weeks, we may have a few more places that's actually allowing fans into their stadiums. Uh, because the Kansas City-Houston game, that was enough crowd in Kansas City to feel normal to me, honestly. Sure, yeah, sure. So, and that was also probably the game that I enjoyed the most of the opening game. <laughs> so, uh yeah, man. Um, but um, so I, I think, uh, did you have more NFL stuff that you wanted to address? Do you want to get to more of these games? Do you want to talk about more games? Just one. Uh, we touched okay. on it a little bit, but the Tampa Bay-New Orleans game, I wanted to know exactly what it was that you came out of that game feeling good about and, and feeling bad about, honestly. Um. So... <sighs> Honestly, the Saints played really, really well. I didn't have a whole lot of negative feelings about it. The The only thing that I, I will say is just it's not aesthetically pleasing. 
to watch. That there was a point in the game that there was two minutes to go in the first half, and Drew Brees was eleven of fourteen for sixty-nine yards and a touchdown. He had fourteen pass attempts for sixty-nine yards, bruh. If <laughs> like I watched the t- I watched the game because the Saints are my team. But, like, I legit just wanted to turn it off because it was the same thing on both sides of the ball. Yeah. And the only things that you got down the field were, oh, uh, a cornerback got beat and these quarterbacks are crafty enough to see it and get a pass interference every time they throw the ball deep. Yeah. Um, but, like, that was how they – like, if that's how if that's how the Bucks and the Saints are going to have to get their big plays is – oh, I'm going to just throw it up and get a pass interference, then and, and everything else is going to be screens. I, listen, I don't, I'm not a, a huge fan of that, but it, it seemed effective. The Saints defense did seem really good. Um, I, and again, the style of the game kind of dictated this, but I did not see enough non- Camara, Michael Thomas stuff going on with the Saints offense. Um, and so that worries me. The, yeah, the <laughs> the style of play that went on throughout that game, I think, I think part of it was week one, filling it out. I think another part of it was both defenses, Tampa Bay, surprisingly, their secondary played really good early on in that game. Um, and I wasn't expecting that honestly, but they did a good they did a good job on Michael Thomas. Um, and it seemed like the other receivers struggled to get any separation outside of Jerry Cook for the entire game. Jerry yeah. Cook seemed to be the only one that was able to get any type of separation from anybody. Um, Emmanuel Sanders was able to get get some late in the game, but we need that for four quarters. And if we can get that for four quarters, then that changes a lot. That opens up a whole lot. Um, Defense, like I said, defense played good. There was two, three, too many pass interference calls. Um, So that got to cut back on that. But like you say, having Janoris Jenkins on the the opposite side of Marshawn Lattimore and Marcus Williams and Gardner Johnson and Malcolm Jenkins we're going to be all right. Like, we're going to be all right defensively. And Trey Hendrickson, he played out of his mind Sunday. Like, that was that was the play of the game for me. I, I was watching that game, and every time I looked up, it was him getting the pressure, him getting the sack, him getting the tackle for loss. Um, and if our defensive line is going to be able to stay healthy, which in these past years we haven't been, like even Sunday we didn't have Marcus Davenport, but I feel like we have the depth now I feel like we have the depth now to be able to overcome a injury or two, yeah. but they can't pile up on us or it's going to, it's going to kill us. Yeah, for sure. The other thing I want to say um, just about the saints offense, you know, we scored 34 points. Well, uh, one of them was a, uh, was a, a defensive touchdown, uh, yeah. obviously by Janoris Jenkins, but um we scored 34 points and you look at the um, kind of the scoring summary and you don't have a drive. Um, 
I think that your longest drive is like 64 yards. Mm -hmm. So they very much won the field position battle. But looking at the team, like you don't have 200 yards passing with the Drew Brees and all the weapons you have. Um, And I'm pretty sure we didn't have 100 yards rushing either. Um, No, we definitely didn't have 100 yards rushing. uh, I'm almost I'm I'm checking that now. Yeah, we had 82 yards rushing. Uh, Latavius Murray was 15 carries for 48 yards. Um, Kamara was 12 carries for 16 yards. And so, you know, Kamara just gets this, you know, he just got the big contract. Uh, he did have 51 yards receiving. He did have two touchdowns and almost snuck a third one in right there at the end. But you need more, um, just from your offense in general, in terms of being able to move the ball up and down the field, um, and I'm on a consistent basis. And so I'm sure they're going to get that. I like once again, it's week one. Week one. And yep. Once again, Temple Bay's defense played way better than I figured anybody could have imagined that they were going to play. And yeah, the front seven is very, very fast. Yeah. And, and this, once again, that secondary held their own on Sunday, which you can't, <laughs> you're not looking, you're not looking at them and saying, oh, that secondary is going to hold tight and their front seven is going to shut down our run game. But that's exactly what happened for most of that game. We could, They were not going to let us run the ball, but they were not going to let us beat them, especially not with Michael Thomas. Yeah. So um, the other thing I did want to say is I – so many Saints fans love this. I hate this so much. Stop taking Drew Brees off of my field to put in Taysom Hill. <laughs> Stop doing it. Like, Man. Uh, I, I can't stand it no more. Last year, I was like, okay, look, eventually we're going to be able to hit some people and start letting him throw it, and we were able to do that down, you know, down the stretch of the season. This year, let's cut it out. Let's, yeah. I, I think I think the NFL has it figured out now. Let's let's cut that out. Well, I mean, I, I don't think the NFL has it figured out because Taysom Hill still came in, and it just feels like every time he was in the game, he was effective. And I and it's just like, you know, it, yeah. I like they use him a ton. Um, I do think Drew Brees, remember, Drew Brees is old. <laughs> like, I think they're trying to protect him some. Um, and, and so, you know, when you when you have a situation where you can, you know, get some offense without having to put him out there, um, that's cool. Taysom Hill brings a different kind of dynamic uh you just have to kind of assume anytime he's in there it's a running play of some sort uh whether it be him scrambling because he was supposed to pass and then at least he's smart enough not to make throws that he knows he can't make nobody should be throwing the football outside of Drew Brees like sure yeah but you know I Taysom Hill uh people were clamoring I think last year you know when uh, it was like, oh, is it going to be Taysom or Teddy? It's like, bruh, Taysom can't throw this football. It's cool. like, <laughs> like, Taysom Hill, can, as exciting as you might think he is, he cannot throw the football. Like, if you watch him throw the football and you are somebody who watches quarterbacks play, um, you gouge your eyes out because he is horrible. <laughs> By the amount of Saints fans that want him to be our next quarterback. I'm not surprised by it, but I think it's patently absurd. Uh, but 
people, like you say, he's exciting. So people see that and, and they think they want that for four quarters and not with him. It's, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, not, no, not with him. No, um, I, I'm, I, I honestly won't even be too upset if it's just Drew Brees is grooming Jameis and his new eyes um, for, for next year. And I think uh, going on here, and I'm fine with it. I'm, I'm honestly fine with it. The corrective vision, I think, is going to be, I think that's going to cut the, the turnovers in half. Yeah. Um, as long as he don't try to have us out here eating dubs, eating W's and, and whatnot, I think, I think we're going to. Yeah, it'll be okay. I think he left all that in Tampa. I hope. I hope he did. I hope he gets some uh some pre some pregame uh, coaching from Drew as well. Uh, make sure you take all the notes, bro. Because we, we can't have we can't have you out here. The only the only only thing that you don't need to uh take from Drew Brees is uh his seemingly undying love of the American flag above all else. <laughs> Uh, Jameis loves anything that much. Maybe crab legs. You keep. <laughs> oh, some of y'all gonna get that on the way home. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, I think that's that's really all I got for the NFL uh, this week. It was kind of a boring week, not super exciting. Uh, hopefully, we start to get a little more, a little bit more entertainment uh, as the season progresses. And the stakes start to rise a little bit, and we'll um, we'll look at next week uh, a little later this week. Um, so NBA, yes, NBA. We today started uh, the Eastern Conference Finals between yes. the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics. Yep. And right now, as we're doing this show, we have Game Seven uh, between the Denver Nuggets and the Clippers going on. Um, what was what was your initial prediction for the Nuggets Clippers series? Um, my initial prediction for Nuggets Clippers was Clippers in six. Um, yeah. and I thought it would be one of those easier six game series. Um, because you know every six game series is not created equal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know there's you know the, the Nuggets are a good team. They're a really good team. The Nuggets actually before the season started where my dark horse team to win the NBA championship. Um, because I thought the Lakers don't have enough shooting. They have two amazing superstars. They probably have the best two players on the court every night, uh, especially with, um, you know, Steph being out of the league this year and Durant being out of the league this year. Um, Outside of Kawhi Leonard, I don't think that there is even anybody else in that conversation. Uh, Giannis. Um, but, you know, uh, against just about every other team that they play, they're going to have the best two players. Um, but I do think Jokic is such an underrated superstar. Like, he is a monster um, he has such a quiet game and it's not super exciting and whatever, but it's just like, it is, it reminds me of like, oh, like the Tim Duncan level of efficiency. Like, you know, he doesn't have the same play style, obviously, but yeah. just that quiet, 
fundamental. I'm going to always make the right pass. I'm going to always make the right play. And oh, by the way, try to stop me. And I'm not going to say nothing about anything while I'm doing it. <laughs> like, and Kawhi, and Kawhi was the same way. People looked yeah. at Kawhi. He's quiet. People say his game was boring. Then he got two cha- two titles. So then he started getting that more attention and respect. But like you say, Jokic, Tim Duncan, like they, they're all that. They all have that same demeanor. Yep. And so I, I did think that the Clippers would at least be able to get a couple of games. Uh, the Clippers, you know. Uh, are a little uh a little banged up um through their team um didn't play the best in the bubble uh had a tough seven game series and i just to to come and push this clippers team to seven um after being down three one down three one for the second series in a row um that is absurd to me um and I think you just got to tip your hat to that team. Um, and, you know, in this game right now, it's close there. I think it's, it's 64 to 61 um, was the score, is the score right now. That down I'm, with 12. 62-61, actually. And so uh, this might be another one of those situations because that game six, they were down big and then had the big third quarter and came back and, and won that game going away. And so the Clippers have to be careful to not uh, to not blow this one. And I'm just going to be very disappointed if we don't get this battle for L.A. that we were promised. Um, I didn't think that it would happen in the conference finals, actually, because I actually uh, did did not think that the Clippers um, would. Uh, I, I thought that the, the seeding would work out to where they would play each other maybe second round. Okay. Um, because as talented as the Clippers are, they are the Clippers. <laughs> and, you know, uh, we've been watching, we've been watching talented Clippers teams feels like for my whole life now. Um, you know, you go back to the Elton brand Clippers. That was a talented team. No. Oh, uh, <laughs> Blake Griffin and Chris Paul and DeAndre Jordan. No. <laughs> Now you got Kawhi Leonard and playoff P and all kind. No, it's still a no. It's just every. It's just like it's the Clippers, bro. And that was my first comment when Kawhi and Paul George ended up over there. Man, they still the Clippers. And part of that is my bias because I'm a Lakers fan. But as you stated, the other part is, hey, it's true. It's been reality for this long, for the past 20 years, seems like. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I've been, a, I'm bigger on Denver than most people. I've really liked him over the past couple of years. I love Jokic. I think he's the best center in our game. Um, Jamal Murray's emergence, I didn't see that coming in the bubble. I didn't see him coming back and, and playing. Well, nobody could have seen him coming back and playing how he's played since he's gotten the bubble. No. Um, Michael Porter Jr. He's he's grown uh, since since getting into the bubble as well. Yeah. Um, uh, having five months off in the middle of the season yeah. to do that to you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't I I don't think the Clippers win this game honestly. Even even with them having the two best players on the court, I 
If they so will go to they have the two best players on the board? Do you think Paul George is better than Jokic? Because I don't. I do. I, I think he's better than Jokic. And it's probably only based on the athleticism he possesses on top of how good he is offensively and defensively. Uh, Jokic is probably as good offensively and defensively. He's just not as athletic. <laughs> and that changes things uh, drastically. But he's bigger. And that causes so many problems. Like that's true, but <laughs> like the the Jokic bigger, but is he the the Murray Jokic pick and roll? What are you gonna do with the Murray Jokic pick and roll? Like this dude is the size of a box truck, <laughs> and oh by the way, he doesn't have to roll. He can fade out and shoot the three um, very well. Or shoot the mid range, or um, find the open man, or like yeah, I I I just yeah, I I I don't think that Paul George George is. um, I think Paul George is honestly a second tier kind of star. I don't think that he's a superstar. A lot of people want him to be one to have that Kawhi that dynamic duo aspect in in LA. Superstar is strong. Yeah. I, I think, but I think Jokic is a superstar, and I don't think Paul George is one. And I can, I, I can see that. I, I can see you feeling that way, um, because because it comes down to man, if Paul George is the best player on your team, do you think he can win a championship? And I don't, I don't feel that way. Um, but I mean, just like a lot of players, you know, Russell Westbrook is that way. And it seemed like even if Russell Westbrook is your second best player, you're not winning. I mean, um, I feel that way about Jimmy. Russell Westbrook being your second best player, you can win a championship. Your first best player just can't be James Harden. I mean, it couldn't be Kevin Durant either, obviously. Uh, <laughs> if it can't be Kevin Durant, then who you going to give him? Yeah, true. <laughs> if true. you can do it with KD, you can't do it. That, that, so, that is true. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> But that I think a lot of that has to do with just Russ. Russ is very much a I'm a get me type of player. Yeah. Like he like, I'm a get me. Like whatever it is that is that's out there to be got, I'm getting it. But <laughs> <laughs> points, gimme them, rebounds, gimme them, uh assists, gimme them, steals, gimme them, blocks, yeah. gimme them. But at the end of the day, all this gimme, 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 and then your teammates are stuck standing in the corner and you are not efficient at the shots that you need to be efficient at. Like Russell Westbrook might have the best mid range game in basketball right now. And that is a shot that doesn't mean anything Nothing. in 2000. Like that shot doesn't mean anything in 2020. Like <laughs> if, if that is the shot that you were good at, then I'm sorry. Like you might win some regular season. You're not gonna win in the playoffs if yeah. if, you, if you're not gonna be able to stretch the court, especially at those guard positions. And especially on that team. Yes. Like especially in the situation that he is currently in, like you have to be able to shoot the three better than twenty two percent. And he's he's not capable of that. Um anyway, we're getting off track again. So let's talk about the Eastern Conference Finals. Sure. Especially with you being a Miami Heat fan. Sure. So just going into the series, I'm gonna tell you now my prediction before tonight, which is what I'm gonna stick with, is Boston in six. Okay. 
Uh, I had Boston in seven, actually. Okay. Um, so I think at this point, um, so I'm going to talk as a fan, but then I'll, I'll talk a little bit more objective basketball uh, okay. as well. So at, at this point, uh, if you're a Heat fan, uh, this team has done everything that you could reasonably expect them to do and more. Uh, I thought that we were a at the beginning of the season, I thought this is a team that can get to the second round and push a team to seven. Yeah. Uh, kind of like, you know, you saw them do with uh Toronto team uh, a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, when it was uh you know, Goran Dragic leading that team. Um <clears throat> and uh so I, I just thought that we would see them get to the second round, push a team, push a you know, a Celtics or Raptors, a Raptors, a Bucks, a Sixers, somebody like that, uh, to a seventh game and then lose and go home and, you know, uh be able to have something to build on to because they have a lot of money coming off the books. Um so I know one of the big things uh with Jimmy Butler coming to the Heat was, you know, he was promised that they were going to go and get a superstar to play alongside of him. Yeah. And he knew that it might not be this year, but he also knew that like, we weren't going to, uh, we weren't going to tank to get a draft pick. We weren't going to, uh, you know, whatever we were going to play hard and we we're going to, you know, all the heat culture stuff, Yeah. Uh, you know, play with tenacity, play team ball, never quit, be the most, meanest, most aggressive, got the most dog in you, that kind of stuff. Um, I think it really fits with Jimmy Butler's personality. Yeah. Um, the culture there, like, you're talking about a team that has Udonis Haslam on the roster simply for the fact that nobody want to fight that dude. <laughs> like, just like... Oh, you want to act up in the locker room? Do you want to fight UD? Okay, well then, don't worry about it. Shut up, shut up right? Um, so, um, I, you know, I love what they've done in the playoffs, but um, to to be a hundred percent clear, I do think that um, that team has overachieved. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, they do the things well that. In theory, especially in a situation like this, where there's a bubble, there's no crowd, there's no fans, um, and it's just we got to play basketball. Um, they have the type of team where everybody is very versatile, right? Everybody can guard multiple positions and play multiple positions. Um, and then, you know, you talk about Jimmy Butler is your worst shooting rotation player. Yeah. Right. Um, and so when you have a situation like that where Jimmy Butler is the worst player that you got that can shoot from three, that's in your rotation on a regular basis. And that's including your bigs. Um, you and everybody can defend. Um, you definitely have a recipe um, to be able to make a ruckus in the playoffs and that's what they have done uh i do think that they benefited from the pacers just not being very good yeah um you know tj warren in the bubble was fine but um you know jimmy butler said earlier in the year when they had their little beef i can guard him he can't guard me and that 
<laughs> that ended up being the case uh, throughout the bubble and the playoffs. Um, and then uh, outside of TJ Warren on that team, Victor Oladipo definitely didn't look to be himself coming off the injury. Exactly. And then, and if then you don't have that, then you don't have Sabonis at all. Yeah, so. Sabonis, you don't, you don't have Sabonis. And then, so then what, you got Miles Turner? Like what? He hasn't been what it seemed like he was going to become a few years ago. Absolutely. So that, you know, that was not a great playoff series. So they, I mean, they ble- they breezed through their, their first playoff, their first two playoff series. They only lost one game. Yeah. Um, to the to the Bucks, and that was, um, you know, let let people who know basketball tell it only because Giannis went out and they didn't have a game plan for a team that was just gonna be all spacing all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, they they happened to fall apart when Giannis decided to go out. Um, uh, I do think that was just a bad matchup for that team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you talk about Giannis probably being the most unguardable guy in basketball, um, in terms of like his athletic ability and what he can do. Um, and, but then, you know, you talk about a guy like Bam Adebayo, who's just, as, as, just as athletic and he's, you know, 6'10", uh, 6'11", and, and, runs just as fast and is just as long and smart and tenacious and yeah. so just that was a and then uh the mid-season acquisitions of Iguodala and Crowder um having two more elite defenders um and Jay Crowder seems to be in just an elite three and D player overall he's been shooting lights out in the playoffs he ended um, up being the the biggest of those acquisition acquisitions. Yes, yes, because we're so so excited about Iguodala, yeah. and then we get Crowder, and Crowder comes in, and since he's been in Miami, shooting forty two percent from three uh, through the regular season and playoffs, just being a stalwart on defense. Like even yeah. in the Celtics game tonight, um, James Crow- uh, Jay Crowder seemed to always be they're making a play. Um, so I, I did think that, uh, again, to, to go back to what we were talking about, I do think that the team overperformed, but I do think that the Celtics pose a really bad matchup uh, for them. Uh, they do not have great defensive guards. Um, Tyler Hero is not great defensively. He fights, but he's not great. Uh, Drogic, same thing, fights, but not great. Kendrick Nunn, I, I would rather him not be on the court. Um, honestly, at this point, um, just because he makes a lot of bonehead kind of plays. He's one of those. He reminds me a lot of like a less annoying like Deion Waiters or, or J.R. Smith. Yeah. Where like he can absolutely get buckets and he has no conscience, but I don't know if that's a good thing all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, defensively, um, he shows a lot of activity, but he gets beat a lot. Um, and, and he makes a lot of bonehead plays there too, but I just, so with the Celtics having the guard play that they have, uh, I do think that that just, that's a, a not so fun matchup for the Heat. Um, and if, if the Heat can get through it and actually come out of the series, um, with a win, I do think it'll be, 
uh, is seven games. But I do think, you know, the Celtics are going to have to win it in seven games too. Um, because that that but that team is that team is absolutely um, going crazy. And I think you know if they get Gordon Hayward back, that also brings another uh, layer of depth to that team. So. Uh, as a Heat fan, I'm very scared in this series, um, and I don't think that we win um, just because I, I think ultimately the offensive firepower of Brown, Tatum, um, Marcus Smart somehow becoming a really good offensive player in the bubble, yeah. um, uh, like really good. Um that's great. And then if Kimba Walker can find it, because he hasn't been able to find it for two series now, but if he can find it, then that's going to be a, a bad situation for the Heat as well. So, And as we saw tonight, he's going to be aggressive because of the matchup. He's he's going to draw with Tyler Hero. Yeah. Um, the biggest the biggest factor of y'all over of the Miami Heat overachieving this year, which is something I heard about before the season started, um, but of course you you have to wait to see how that play out. Is <clears throat> their their young talent, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn, and yeah. their ability to shoot the three? Yeah, we talked about it the other day how they finished second by what point one percent in three point yep. shooting this yep. year, and 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 that's a team that in Miami like you've never had shooters, like yeah. never had shooters, and so. Like you come in, and, and Spolstra's always hung his hat on defense, but now, oh, all of a sudden, uh, up until literally the last game in the bubble before the playoffs, you are the best shooting team in basketball. Like, that, and and that's not being hyperbole, like, yeah. statistically, and they were shooting a lot of threes. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, the best shooting team and on volume, yeah, um, that was – that that's definitely a place where they absolutely overachieve. And before the season, you you had people around Miami saying, "Look, they think they found new Splash Brothers," and you're like, "Nah, that that might be a stretch." But <laughs> the season is going on, and you're like, "Hey, y'all, they they might really be onto something." Yeah, because I mean, um, for for my money, if it's not Steph or Clay. Um, on a catch and shoot three point shot, give me Duncan Robinson over anybody in basketball right now. Yeah. On a catch and shoot or on a uh, a handoff, don't even worry about it. It's money. And so when it comes to this matchup specifically, the thing to me to where I'm like, look, I, I'm giving this edge to Boston just because of that great shooting of Miami. Um, but Boston, to me, when I looked at them, I was like, that's the one team that's not going to let Miami run off on them. Because Miami's going to have these stretches where they get high. And you're looking at 10 possessions where they've knocked down four or five threes. Yep. And it's, man, can you counter Can you counter that? And I think Boston can do that. And I think I think if we if we do it seven times i'm giving boston four times to get to the end of a game like tonight and be able to close better than miami four times out of seven um i i i agree with you the only thing that i will say there is a difference um people love brad stevens mm-hmm. um 
but I think Eric Spostra is the better coach. Um, I think that Eric Spostra has, over the course of his career, been kind of consistently disrespected because he had the big three Heat team. Um, but you're talking about a coach that was um, – just two seasons ago voted by the other coaches as the coach of the year for what he did, you know, being able to to make the playoffs with a heat team that was going tragic and very little else. Like you had Hassan Whiteside who we are looking at be uh, a net negative on the court every, every year. And it's like, if that's your second best player, you're making the playoffs and you're got team scared of you. Then like that is, uh, something great. And he just, he makes great adjustments. And, and so I do think that he's going to win that coaching chess match. I just think Boston's more talented yeah. uh, and that might end up uh, playing a factor. Um, but you do have to also take into uh, account championship experience. Not only do they have, does Miami have a championship coach, um, but, you know, bringing Iguodala in, uh, as a player who has actually won an NBA title or multiple NBA titles, um, yeah. you know, understanding how to close out and what it takes to close out these playoff games, even when he's not on the floor, I think that his presence there um, is very important. So you got, you know, Iguodala, three-time champion. You got Udonis Haslam, three-time champion um, in that locker room. And then Eric Spoelstra, three-time champion. Uh, Patrick Pat Riley, um, I've lost count <laughs> of how many rings he has uh, as a coach, player, GM. So, um, you know, I, you don't have that in Boston right now, anywhere on the roster or in in the coaching staff, and so you know maybe that does also play a little bit of a factor. Um, and so, but but that's why I, I do think that Boston gets it at seven. I do think they have the talent edge, but I do think that from an experience and just um, toughness, I, I do think Miami has the edge there and, and can push them. And that's also, if Miami does get, uh, they're a hard team to, to put away because they shoot so well mm-hmm. and they play defense so well. And they're also a hard team. If they get a lead on you, it's very hard to come back because of the level of defense that they play. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's the the beautiful thing about watching the Celtics uh, Raptors series. Um, I think I told you this earlier. I watched the Celtics Raptors series, and I thought both of these teams would blow Miami off the court because the basketball was just so pretty. Like everybody was switching everything, everybody was shooting, everybody seemed to be all over the court all the time. And you know, you look at the Bucks series, and defensively the Bucks were kind of playing like that, but offensively, you know, you didn't have people that were getting their own shots, and no. so it was a, you didn't have to see as much of the crazy kind of defensive activity. Like you lock down Giannis, you know, you lock down Chris Middleton, and that's it. Um, you know, the Celtics ball movement, the Raptors ball movement, and we're seeing the Heat's ball movement has been crazy. And uh, I just, I didn't think that we could play with either of those teams watching because the product on the court was so pretty. And then you look at the game tonight and it's like, oh, it wasn't the the Heat are the reason that 
these games haven't looked pretty. It's their opponents. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. Pacers mucking it up. The the Bucks kind of mucking it up. Um, it, so it, it's gonna be a fun series. Um, I again tonight you had one of those situations where you know comes down to the wire. Kimba struggling all game makes a ridiculous play, and then you come down right on the end and you have Tyler Hero come to make a more ridiculous play. And it just seems that keeps happening to Kimba in these playoffs, and that has to suck. Yeah. And that I, has to suck because I don't – Does have you heard anybody even talk about nationally about the pass that he made at the end of game three? Such an amazing pass. Such it amazing was – bruh, I jumped out of my – off my couch when I saw him make that pass. Like, and with 0.5 seconds left to go, and it's like to take the lead. It was like, wow, that is a way to win. Like, that's going to be on a 30 for 30 somewhere. And no, we haven't, it wasn't even on ESPN. Like, they didn't even show the play. Like, like, like when they was talking about that game, that play didn't even, like, the highlight didn't even, wasn't even up there. It was just like, okay, whatever. <laughs> like, look at this amazing pass over this 19-foot-tall giant across the court with .5 for a three that just goes in, and you knew it was going in as soon as he left his, left his hands. Like, exactly. Just, <laughs> that so, is, that's sick. I, I do agree about Spo and about him being overlooked uh, about – of how great of a coach he is because of the talent that he had in the beginning. Um, I have both of those coaches as top three coaches in the league right now. And of course that other coach is pop. Um, so Brad Stevens over Steve Kirk. I do. I do. Um, but once again, that's probably because of a talent thing. You see what Steve Kerr had been working with for those years and that kind of it sucks, but that kind of hurts, you know, his the value of his coaching. Sure. The same thing we talked sure. about with Spolster. Sure. So yeah, um, but yeah, so I have I have them both. So as being top three coaches, which is going to just lead to a chess match for seven games, you know. Um, yeah. I didn't want to cut you off just now, but the Clippers are done. That, oh. that last three by Jamal Murray to put them up 15. Yeah, that's that's over with. Um so yeah, we we're probably looking at Lake and Denver. Which is it what anybody was looking forward to, or probably what anybody wants besides Denver fans at this point. Um yeah. I, I mean, I again, I, I don't mind that this is a finals matchup. I actually thought that this would probably be the finals matchup. I mean, the Eastern Conference, the Western Conference finals matchup yeah. would, would be Lakers uh, Nuggets. Um, but I just thought that we would get Lakers Clippers also. Yeah. Um, but 
the Clippers played better than I expected in the regular season. Um, and um, the worst than I expected in the playoffs. So, uh, but the kinks in the armor, you know, were there. We saw it when they played Dallas. Yeah. Um, and it, it it does. It absolutely looks like these boys going home tonight. I was about to say, and, and we tonight over the last three games. There's there's well, the, yeah, the last three games now, but. You were up 3-1 on this team. You had Jamal Murray looking shook. Yep. <laughs> and now you've given up, what, two – well, one big uh, – Denver took off on them in the third quarter, one game, but – I other, think they had double-digit leads uh, in every single one of these, yeah. these last three games. Yeah. And lost them all. Uh, well, they haven't. They have not lost this game yet. There are still eight minutes. Is a lot of time. They're only down thirteen. Only down thirteen. Oh God! But the thing about the thing about this team is, uh, you have to you have to stop them from scoring as well. Yeah, and, and go and get their points. But you got to stop Jokic and Jamal Murray from scoring. Yeah, and, and and the lineup that they have to have to run to get scoring is not one that they can also use to defend. Yeah. Uh so uh, and they just look man. Uh Montrezl Harrell, that's great. That is fun. He's I hear you. Uh or is it Montrez? Montrez am, I, Harrell, am, yeah. am I am I adding the L uh, am I pronouncing the L erroneously? Is it supposed yeah. to be silent? Um, <laughs> uh, but I mean, that, that definitely is cute against most teams. Um, but you can't have him, uh, being the center across from Jokic. Yeah. Like, that's not, I'm sorry. You can't do that. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's not that guy. Uh, anybody else? Almost anybody else. Almost I, else. Do it. Not not that one. So um and just Kawhi in these super, super quiet fourth quarters. Kawhi. <laughs> 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 and Paul George has struggled throughout the playoffs. He he's been able to pick it up for moments, but once again, we're in a game that you know, your season is on the line and Paul George isn't showing up. But like you said, North Kawhi in this instance. Yeah, not not in these fourth quarters. And that's, you know, that is that has been um, very uh, not a great thing. Um, so, man, uh, I, I think that... Uh, we can definitely preview um, Lakers Clippers uh, when we do our NFL kind of predictions for the week. Um, there is something that I feel like we would be remiss if we did not address uh, this this scenario coming out of the NF the, the NBA bubble. Um, Daniel House, Daniel House. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with this story. Uh, Daniel House uh, plays for the Houston Rockets, uh, and um, honestly, 
was a bright spot for them. Yeah, um, he definitely. he was a defensive piece that I don't think that they even knew that they needed, uh, they were going to get from him. But that Rockets team in the bubble, that defense – uh, was one of the better defense that we saw defenses that we saw playing, which is odd because one, they're not known for their defense, and two, they don't have a player on that team outside of PJ Tucker that anybody would think, oh, that guy's a great defender. Uh, but Daniel House, uh, he's kind of the heart and soul of that Houston Rockets defense, and um, you know they they're uh, <laughs> they're in this series uh, with the Lakers. They get a game. They think they got, you know, maybe have a chance. And they did have a chance. They, they never had a chance. But nope. um, they thought they had a chance. And um, you're going into game five. Your season's on the line. You're down 3-1. And uh, you decide to uh, sneak a woman into the bubble. A nurse, right? She was somebody who was already in the bubble. Yes. It was, it, she was one of the testers, right? The COVID testers. Yeah, but she was not supposed to be having contact. Yeah, exactly. She's not space. supposed to be off in somebody's room. And, and, and so, you know, he violates quarantine protocol, right? And so now he's got to miss game five. And basically, even if they would have won, he would have had to miss two weeks. He would have had to be in quarantine for 14 days this is not that's not the that's not the issue like okay players gonna do what players gonna do uh obviously um these young guys in their physical primes are gonna want um some female companionship but um at what cost right and so this second round you made it to the second round your family got to come to the bubble and watch you play basketball so daniel house tells his family hey y'all stay at the crib y'all be safe it's cool i'm gonna handle this in the bubble and then i'm gonna come home i don't need no distractions and don't need no distractions and then the day before he literally the day before he has to come home because his team loses he gets caught Sneaking a distraction into the room that's not his wife. And now you got to go home the next day. And this is in the news. Like, she going to know. Like, it's not like, <laughs> it's not like this is kept under wraps. Like, nah, this is uh, very public. And you had to deal with this, bro. Yeah. And <laughs> likely he don't get to go home. Like, he left the bubble. He ain't going home. All right. <laughs> <laughs> he going to another bubble. He going to a hotel to spend the rest of however much time because once again, at what cost? Yeah, made all his money. You about to be back on your mama couch. At what wife cost? put you out. You were going home in two days. Two days, bro. You could have just, bro, just chill out, like. Tell the nurse you'll see her after the bro, be more smart. I'm not even telling like, yeah, obviously don't cheat. Fellas, don't cheat. Uh, on you. <laughs> lo- lo- love you women. But um, if you're gonna do it, don't do it like this. Don't don't be an idiot. And I don't even know if that's the the worst um 
thing an athlete has done to try to get a, a woman into a facility. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, because not. that that Seahawks corner. Yeah. Trying to. That's rookie. <laughs> Try to you are a rookie. Wasn't he undrafted too, or really yeah, late round? Sure. I think he was late round. Yeah, like you barely had a shot to begin with, and you will blow it by trying to sneak a woman into your room dressed as a man. At least, <laughs> at least he was creative about it. Man. It was creative. It was creative. Yeah, your house. Like what? Daniel House just said, "Look, you just come up here and whatever happened happened." <laughs> he didn't have any, uh, he didn't have anything going for him. Nothing. Um, I, I I don't understand what that was about. Um, I I'm gonna just say to all you fellas out there, um, you gotta weigh the pros and cons. Of, of some of the stuff that y'all doing, uh, this this this, it ain't safe out here in these streets. Um, because now you also it, the other thing is the amount of jeopardy and danger that you put your family in, right? This woman is a COVID tester, like. <laughs> <laughs> so now you gotta go home. To your family, maybe. Like, let's say he doesn't get caught. But now, what if you're potentially exposed? Exactly. Like, I have this thing now in in 2020 because of COVID. I always, before I do anything, I think if I die, I have to look back at it from heaven. Am I going to feel stupid that I got COVID from doing this thing? Right, like so, like it took like I I rarely will get haircuts because every time I think about it, I was just like, bruh, if you died because you just needed to have a fresh cut, yeah, like, that that would be absurd. Like, don't do that. Right. So grocery stores, sure. Like doing, you know, obviously you gotta have a little bit of fun, but um. You know, it's not going to be, oh, I'm about to go to the bar with my friends because I come home with COVID and then I'm feeling stupid. Like, no, it's not going to happen. And so, like, in this situation, when you have, you know, a wife or a girlfriend or whatever, you got to worry about a lot of stuff already. You got to worry about STDs. You got to worry about babies. You got to worry about drama from the side chick. You got to worry about your wife finding out and having drama from your wife. You got to worry about, you know, being seen in public, all these different things. But now you also have to worry about this airborne virus that is killing people that, you know, you can't wrap it up for that. Like, exactly. <laughs> like if y'all in them, if y'all in that proximity, if she got it, you got it, dog. I don't care how many uh, condoms you have access to. <laughs> So, uh, it's not worth it. Yeah, so I, I think that that definitely we have to come up with a name for uh, these players that do this ridiculous stuff because I got a feeling there's gonna be a whole lot of this going on. Yeah. Next, uh, uh, until we have a COVID vaccine, um, 
we we gonna have to figure out something for these these people because um, this is gonna keep happening, and I want to make sure we take full advantage uh, <laughs> of that and get all of the laughs that that are there to be gotten. <laughs> so I will be on the hunt. I will be uh, everybody's uh, eyes and ears to the streets uh, for people doing dumb shit for uh, vagina. <laughs> nonsense but um yeah i that is it for today's show um like you said we'll we'll try to come back later on this week to discuss what will be set in stone as the western conference finals matchup and week two of the nfl season um but yeah this we we got to cover a lot in this show. Um and like I said, this game, this game still has three minutes in it, but it definitely looked like them were gonna gonna run off with it. Um so yeah, until until later on this week. Until later on this week. Um uh and you know, if you guys wanna connect with me um on Twitter, you can connect with me at OMG it's D Glasper. O M G I T S D G L A S P E R. Um follow me there. Um I will uh make sure that I'm there and uh, more active uh than I have been. Uh I've definitely had some other endeavors that have kept me away from uh from Twitter and most of social media. Um, but I definitely want to engage with you guys and, and have you guys be a part of my day-to-day life, uh, as hopefully I'm a part of your weekly life. Um, so, um, yeah, follow me on Twitter and, uh, I'll catch you guys uh, next week. What's up, everybody? Check out Friendly Fire every Thursday as we discuss the latest and most intriguing topics in sports. Also, make sure to follow us on Twitter and on Facebook at FriendlyFire08.